Coming. My name is Andrew Romans. I often like to say who came the furthest from uh, to get here. Anyone from Japan or far away? Singapore. Australia. Very good, very good. Even more important is those that made it from San Jose because that's that's always you know really rough. From Japan, fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I was actually born in Hawaii, to go. U.S. Naval Base. But uh, so. Uh, Quick on the agenda, and I'll make some introductions and we'll get started. So I'm Andrew Romans, 7 BC Venture Capital. The, the agenda for the evening is we're going to have a VC panel with these guys and get through about 30 minutes. Uh, maybe we can shorten that and then open up to 15 minutes for questions. I just ask that the questions are questions and not statements and not pitches of your startup really has to leave. There'll be plenty of time to try and pin people down in the networking to pitch your startup. Um, and then we've got four bullet seven-minute pitches without questions. And again, lots of networking where you can run up to these guys. Um, of course, in a law firm, there are no one is selling a security. There's no one that's soliciting to invest in anything. But having been in this business for a long time, they tend to raise a new fund every two or three years. Some of our startups tend to raise a new round every you know, maybe nine to 18 months. And even a quick round can happen after a round closes. So if you're interested in investing in these guys, you can find out about it. And uh, with that, um, I say, let me welcome uh, Brad Rock. I've got a long history with DLA Piper. Curtis Moe is the guy that we've been working with for just so damn long. Uh, Brad was even saying, Curtis Moe is not even Curtis Moe. I mean, he's just famous. I jokingly say he's a investment banker masquerading as a corporate securities lawyer because he knows everybody to get your deal done, they've seen every possible outcome to a good and bad situation, and he's wonderful. And if you're in San Francisco, this is the man to talk to, and so thank you for hosting us. Hi all, uh, great to see you. Thanks for, thanks for turning out on a, on a winter night when it might have rained, and I hope everybody had a smooth uh, travel here. I'm, I'm Brad Rock, I'm a, a partner here in the San Francisco office, in our corporate department, and we're, we're uh, to, to if any of you don't know us, DLA Piper, we're one of the two or three biggest law firms in the world with offices all over the world. But although we're a big law firm, we still love working with startups and with the venture ecosystem. And have been doing that you know, forever uh, with roots going back to Silicon Valley in the 60s as one of the indigenous Silicon Valley firms that became part of, our, became part of DLA Piper. Uh, so love hosting events like this and seeing you all. Uh, Sogol, my colleague, is in the back of the room, and uh, we're, we love talking about uh, about deals and about startups. So uh, look us up after uh, after the session's over. And welcome. Thank you. And just on that topic, I say too, it's good to be very disruptive with technology and business models, but not with your Series A financing or you know your convertible notes. So I think it's a good like when we when we know the name of the lawyer, not just the law firm, that's a plus. Um, you know, maybe, maybe that'll be a question for the panel, and you guys can all disagree with me on that. Uh, Laura Ennis from Fidelity. Fidelity acquired Shoebox, which I believe competes with Cargo. You stole my opening line. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, Laura with Fidelity, the new car, or the, the new Carta, the better Carta. Um, thanks, Andrew. Laura Ennis with Fidelity. Uh, historically, you guys probably think of Fidelity as a mutual fund company or servicing public companies. But we recently acquired a company called Shoebox in January, Boston-based, to compete with Carta, Pulley, and other cap table providers, and to be able to support founders, investors in this ecosystem. So we're super new. Love that you guys are here. Thank you for, for having us. 
um, and come find Holly or myself to talk to us about cap table, data room, um, financing, just helping support you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so let's get into it. So um, thanks everybody for breaking all the you know crazy things for the Apex Summit. Seems like it's not as bad as it seemed. We'll see how easy it is to get home. Um, I still wouldn't leave your laptop in plain view anywhere in San Francisco or any city. But why don't, we get, why don't you guys, um, Ben, why don't we start with you and we'll come straight down. Why don't you guys introduce, so we don't kill too much time, try to go for under 60 seconds, your firm, what stage do you invest in, what are your core sectors, what geographies? Ben Levy. So hi, my name is Benjamin Levy. I'm a co-founder and general partner at Bootstrap Labs. We lead and price seed stage round. We uh, co-invest at Series A. We have been investing in AI for the last eight plus years, so we didn't start yesterday. We have about 29 portfolio companies, eight exits, uh, and about a billion in follow-on funding in our portfolio. We like to apply AI into six verticals, future of work, mobility, health, digital infrastructure, financial infrastructure, and climate and energy. Um, I think that goes there. And uh, US only in Canada, for now. Uh, that's it. You don't love France anymore? Love French founders that are outside of France that want to come here. DPI France will have you all for that. Carolyn. Yeah, hi everybody. My name is Carolyn Funk. I'm a, a partner at Bloomberg Capital. And, and can you guys hear us or, or should we attempt to be passing this microphone around? Microphone. Right. Okay, here we go. Hi. Um, hi everyone. My name is Carolyn Funk. I'm a partner at Bloomberg Capital. Our focus is investing in software and data centric technologies for energy, infrastructure, or climate are one of the end markets. Our typical check size is three to five million. So um, first check is usually late C to early uh, Series B. Geographical focus is uh, North America and Europe. And within Europe, I, I say we really like investing in the beer drinking countries. With the French founders. Um, and yeah, we define energy and climate really broadly. So anything that enables, unlocks, accelerates the energy transition, not just in the wind, solar, and uh, in energy storage grid spaces, but even manufacturing software that accelerates the build of, of electric vehicles, or even um, space tech that helps with um, getting new data sources that uh, where we can track more emissions or, or water use or energy availability. Hi everybody, Vibhur Rastogi. I lead AI investments and uh, co-lead our Asia practice for City Ventures. Uh, City Ventures stage agnostic. Uh, we invest about 200 million per year, uh, two to 20 million uh, check sizes, and uh, we invest in T-speaking countries. <laughs> hey everyone, uh, Victoria Chen here. I'm a partner at Proven Capital. So we are an independent venture fund that is backed by the largest global financial services and insurance companies in the world. Uh, and they actually serve as our value added platform, right? For the founders in FinTech, InsurTech, Enterprise IT, who are looking for a partner to help them co-create new products, do distribution, or just want to get into the vertical of financial services and insurance, we're the partner for you. Um, we invest multi-stage, so C to Series C. Uh, our check size range from a few million dollars all the way up to $30 million per company, uh, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, ben Black, Acadian Ventures. Uh, we provide secondary liquidity across the venture ecosystem. Um, deal size up to $35 million, and uh, the stage is, is growth stage, so it's like 
typically around 50 million in revenue. Uh, it goes early as 10. Uh, I wear a second hat too because I run a conference called Raise Global, which brings uh, together emerging managers with uh, uh, limited partners who want to sort of find the next generation of great venture capitalists. Great conference. Yeah, and I think I was at your second event in yeah. the city. Uh, you know, there's a lot. How many years ago was that? I was on. We're on eight. We just did eight. You just did eight. So I was at number two. Yeah, that, that's great. That's great. Um, and Victoria, you looked at that uh, you were at City Ventures before, so you're rubbing um, elbows. How long were you at City? Oh my gosh. I mean, my partners and I were at, so we, we were at City Ventures for like a decade building that platform, which um, I don't even know, it was 165, or something like that. So we, we've been investing in fintech and surtech. Before it was like super cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, every, every venture fund's got a fintech partner. It was back then, I was like, I really wanted to. I really want to invest in that space, and like nobody wanted to like invest in that space. <laughs> I didn't care about it. Well, I think it's like uh, uh, B of A, Merrill, employs more IT professionals than like work at the Indian railroads, and so a strategy for City Ventures was just to sit outside the IT department and see if they just get a purchase order to some SaaS company <laughs> and then maybe invest in them. Um, but so. So I'm gonna, we're going to have to pass this microphone around, but um, why don't we start with where is the market right now? Um, and we can get into where is the market right now by stage, but like for example, I've got people emailing me to sell me secondaries in companies that I invested in at like an 8 and 10 and 12 million valuation pre, to offer me like 86% below the last unicorn pricing you know, of it. So there's been like crazy drops in that. But then again, that's secondary. Is it really the next primary round? But Ben, why don't you kick us off of, um, where's the market right now? Are pre-money valuations going down? Are they going up? It, are, are certain industries tailored to cities? Where do you see the market right now? So, you know, we're in the AI space, which is supposed to be the, you know, the hottest one right now, but we've been investing for a long time. and. Even seven years ago, we saw the $80 million free seed round, right? Um, we didn't invest in that. You have to be disciplined, you have to be very font size. I think the seed, the seed rounds today actually are going, itching up in valuation a little bit. And I think that's a result of a couple of things. One is, you know, only good companies are getting funded. And when they do receive this set of interest, then everybody wants to pile into them because they're gonna have the runway and they're gonna be one of the few funding companies in the space. So I think you see that price dynamic a little bit, like a bit of FOMO and few quality teams getting funded and therefore you want to be jumping on that one as opposed to not. And as a lead investor, you know, we don't jump to this FOMO type of phrase that either we want to do the deal or not. And frankly, we're very disciplined in terms of valuation and target ownership. So we don't let the market dictate where we invest and come in. Does that mean we're going to miss some? Yeah, possibly. But, you know, I think in order to be a good venture capitalist, you just don't blow your model out, you know. Especially if you want to have repeat fundraising strategies. In bit, what stage? What stage are you talking? Sorry, I'm talking so seed, really seed, and you know, look, the Series A, ten years ago was inflating to ten, fifteen million dollars. Now we're back to five to seven. I mean, you know, you take your peak. What a Series A is these days. I think the what has not changed is, is the bar constantly evolving up. Is you know, scalable product market fit. Right? That's what you need to get to if you want to be a Series A company. And, and you need to have a certain amount of momentum and traction. And I feel like people say, oh, I have a million, therefore, I have a million dollar ARR, therefore I'm going to do a series A. I say, that doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Because people may have two million dollars, people may have half a million, 
is the velocity and how you achieve that revenue that's more important than ever before. Yeah. Um, and so it's a noisy market out there, so I think it's hard for founders to just stand out. So valuation on the early stage, inflating, late stage, to your point, it's pretty ugly. Very hard to raise, later stage rounds, large rounds, and people that raise in 21, 22, they're just struggling. And I think Ben is in a much better position to talk about that than me. Yeah, and Caroline, um, yeah. all of our European LPs were like, why don't you pivot to do nothing but clean tech? I'm like, what? You think that's going to save you from the winter after Putin invaded? But like, wh where do you see your market? Are, are, are more, is more money coming into your space? Is more money flowing out? What do you see on valuations? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's definitely more money flowing into, into the space. I just read a number that now uh, investing in clean tech, uh, and we can have a whole session on defining what that actually means, um, is more than 10% of the total venture capital investment in, in, uh, in the U.S. I think it's actually last quarter just surpassed 12%. So it's, it's going up. More folks are investing in, in that space. Um, I think we see the same thing on valuation that Ben described, um, like seed series A rounds are still um, still pretty, I mean, depending on company fundamentals, um, not, not much going down, but um, later stage for sure. And uh, there's a lot of activity in Europe because there's more certainty around some of the regulation. Uh, a lot of that space is regulatory driven or informed in some way, shape, or form, and but so... the exit landscape hasn't changed much, though. Uh, no, the exit landscape, and that's why the earlier stage uh, investments are, are still pretty juicy um, at this point, um, because, yeah, the exit landscape, um, especially in clean tech, I mean, there's, they're just mostly M&A um, to large corporates, and they've been holding their checks, checkbooks close to their chest, so... Um, agreed on staying, staying disciplined, um, and also underwriting for the right uh, for the right return multiples. And if you're a founder, just do the math yourself. Like, what what do you think your your venture capitalist will want to get out of this at the end? And what's what's your exit view? And where can you go from there? Uh, we don't have lots of IPOs in that space. We have some SPACs in clean tech, and they're all terrible. Right. So, before, maybe yeah. rather than repeat the same question, rather yeah. than repeat the same question, maybe we ask, um, what does the math have to be for the math to work? Like, if a pre-money valuation of a pre-money startup in the spring and summer of 2021 was hitting 100 million, um, what do you have to exit at to satisfy some losses, some flat, some south, and get cash on cash in the end that would satisfy Mr. Ben Black over here? Like, uh, what does the math have to look like? Yeah. for entry points and multiples from you guys? Yeah, I mean, the math just doesn't work, right? So 20, 2021 vintage will probably be one of the worst vintages of all time, right? It will be like the 2000 vintage or the 2007 vintage. It will be one of the worst uh, vintages uh, that, that we will have ever seen. So the, uh, you know, to the point that was just made about C Series A, so the seed valuations, kind of the 15 million post money, that's kind of where they're hovering. Series A valuations in the 40 million sort of range. And then the C's, D's, and E's, they're down probably 30 to 40% from the from the peak. But the secondary uh, pricing, which I think is a fairer price, that's down 80%. And I think that's more realistic. If you look at what um, you know, Instacart or uh, Clavio uh, priced at, especially Instacart, they've all taken a 70, 75% uh, hit to the last private valuation. So I think the public market investors are frankly showing a mirror to the VCs 
who were holding on to their dear life uh, at these valuations. And I think sec uh, the, the other thing is, uh, you know, there's a lot of bridge rounds that are happening. I think a quarter of the rounds are bridge rounds. There was some structure that was we were starting to see for the math to work, some multiples of liquidation preference, some participation. We ourselves have participated in a couple of those rounds. So I think you'll see more uh, of these sort of structured financing for the math to work. But until the valuations come down by another 30, 40%, math just doesn't work. Yeah, and Victoria, um, maybe, maybe you don't want to answer a question like this. Some people are hard to get a straight answer out of, but um, what about this math on how to you know, land on evaluation? If a company's got $3 million of ARR and they're a red-hot AI SaaS company, adding logos like crazy, landing and expanding, is there like a sensible multiple of ARR in your mind? Or how are you pricing companies in today's market? It's an evil question. It's like, you know, it's a you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Is it, is it, is it, how many people are even founders here? Yeah, great idea. Let's go. Okay, okay. So a lot of you probably are interested in this. How many are just VCs? So the rest of you guys? Okay. Yeah, let's see. Um, so, so it depends on. Right? Like, that's, I know it's a total cop out, but like, that, it's true, right? So, um, I think that in today's world, and actually, or maybe in some of these, I'm going to speak, actually, you probably can speak more to the, the, to the AI side. So, like, I'm, I'm mostly do, do fintech and intertech investing, which is like actually pretty great right now because those valuations are like much more reasonable, I think, than, than they have been historically. Um, uh, but it depends, right? And in those really hot spaces, I'll tell you that there's still there's still a lot of capital outstanding, right? There's still a ton of drive power, and everyone is trying to get into this like you know this this flight towards quality, whatever quality means. But basically, this flight towards like, hey, what are still the opportunities that everyone still wants to be a part of? And like AI is the hot new thing. So like in AI, it's like that game, right? You go to one of these offsites and they say, okay, everyone like hold out your finger, you're gonna like, hold onto this board, nobody raise your like, finger, and like the board keeps going up. It's like, I'm not doing it, and everyone says, oh, I'm not doing it, but somehow it rises, right? Um, so I think you still see that in, especially in this like generative AI space, which is why now every company is company named .ai. Um, you know, it's like the, it's like the, it's the new like .ai. Can I take a crack at this? Yeah, yeah so we, we priced a deal like that uh, earlier this year. Um, so that company you know, was doing about three, they are at eight now, may finish the year at about 10. We priced it at ARR. four. ARR, yeah. So we priced it at 45, three, uh, 60 post. Uh, so that was the, the market price. So my very first venture deal was with Curtis. Uh, Curtis Mo, yeah. So at, the, at DLA, and that company went from one to five and uh, and we did that deal at like 23. So that was the market, this is in 2011. So that was the market um, at, at that time. Um, you know, the best in class companies were trading at five times ARR. Like Salesforce, people were like, oh, that's crazy. Salesforce trading at five times ARR. Yeah. And that's where multiples are now. I mean, public SaaS multiples are back at six times, seven times ARR. If you're best in class, you maybe get 10X, 11X, 12X. Uh, but the median SaaS company is growing at 20%, 25%, 30%. The median multiple is 6 ARR. So it's flight. I mean, it's you know reverse to you know where markets have always traded, uh, and and that's good. Um, but to be fair to the startups, to be the G in a discounted cash flow, 
you know, you've got top line, bottom line, and growth, right? So what is the growth that the publicly traded companies are delivering? And what's the growth that Ben Libby's, you know, portfolio is delivering year on year? So if you really blow up G, that will ha have something to say. But then again, if Zoom was 47X ARR, I like to tell people, so if they had a million in revenue, and I bought it for 47 million, and there's a zero discounting of cash flows, it'll take me 47 years to get my money back. Even if there's any kind of inflation at the same time, which is blowing up, then that's insanity. I I'm waiting to see if increase of interest rates enters the minds of you know, venture capitalists. But ben, you want to say something? Because I want to get, we got Ben and Ben, two Ben's. <clears throat> I look, 10 years of investment banking, repentant investment banker, so I get all the math. But, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be a long-term fundamental investor when you're in venture. And you need to swing for the fences for these companies that would own the majority of the market. So, you know, you can optimize on the margins. Yes, today is finally, if I 